Welcome back to the Curious Itch Podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Bainbridge, and today I have with me two very cool people from the volunteer community that's designing technology for interplanetary colonization. With me today, Sean and Kroon from Nexus Aurora. And I mean it, this group is actually designing, prototyping, building, and submitting their technology at the highest of levels. They have three technologies ready to present at the 72nd Annual International Astronautical Conference held this year in Dubai at the end of October 2021, just a few weeks from this current point in time. They were winners of the Mars Society's city-state competition on how to support a million people on Mars, and they're submitting their work and competing against teams from some of the top universities and private groups around the world. We talk about the history of Nexus Aurora, where it's headed in the future, but also we take a very surprising turn and really dive into what it's like taking a project from idea to reality. It's a messy journey that requires skills not always covered in our current educational systems. You'll learn the why about you know why 90% of projects seem to fail and why that's actually part of the process. How to work on a collaborative team, how to take ownership for your own path of development, and so much more. Enjoy the episode I have with me today, two of the core founding members. This is a group that will definitely be back on the podcast, and I already have another interview to release later this month that focuses on the projects and technology being developed and how you can get involved. So how long how long ago did you guys join Nexus Aurora? Wow. I think last year, April or March, um, so 2020, I think uh, Adrian started uh, Nexus Aurora, I think in March or April 2020, something like that. And then I think at the third week when there were like a couple of dozen people there, uh, I joined through Reddit. And I think Sean as well, about that time, after a couple of weeks after it started, and, I think um, I joined soon after you did. Yeah, yeah. So I would say uh, probably from the, let's say, 20 people that were there at the time. Um, yeah, I don't even know if all those people are still active on the server uh, because I, of course, didn't remember all the names of the people who were there then. Um, well, Adrian himself also moved on to bigger things. Uh, so... We might, but we have no way to check that, I guess, uh, be, well, at least some of the uh, longest uh, serving members, you could say. Yeah, there is actually a way to check. I've got some of the original transcripts of some of those conversations. Ah, oh, that's maybe uh, interesting. Wow. Well, I, I, I presume I've got it, but I've, I made a, a major backup of the previous server. So if anybody feels like going through thousands of hours of chats in to go read through those archives if they want to. There's an another Discord server that I'm on that folded and I brought Kate over. So when they made the leap to their own platform, 
they deleted the channel and I don't think they archived it. And there are so many times and I'm thinking, man, I wish I could just go back and read through it because there were so many brilliant ideas and people and just things that I wish I, I had captured or done a better job of capturing. So I think it would be really interesting maybe to post the archive somewhere within Nexus Aurora. Well, that would be interesting. Well, what's interesting is recently um, somebody on our server talked about timekeeping on Mars. And when we were running our paper for the city-state competition, we had, a, we had long discussions about how would timekeeping happen on Mars. It was a bit of a side project. And because I've got all the archives and all the old documents, I mean, we, we entered, a, what, a 20-page document for the competition. We probably did 200 to 1,000 pages of actual other stuff on top of that. Uh, so it was nice being able to go back to some of those documentation and actually like, hey, you know, we, we did this whole thing with timekeeping and you could actually share it still. And so that is it's really nice having access to like those archives. And we've got the chats, but I'm not sure if anybody wants to really go through all that. That's a lot of chats. And the Mars City State Project was the most public project that has been done at least so far in Nexus Aurora. And I even remember when the competition was going on and when Nexus Aurora ultimately won. Uh, it was just this underdog feeling of success, even though I, I don't have a technical background. I could never have been the one to design these things is what I felt like. But here were these other students and just average everyday people that didn't necessarily work in the profession, or maybe they were working towards it. I mean, the average age in Nexus Aurora feels very young. Like we don't have a statistic, but I would have to assume it's probably close to like 21, 22. And that's even with people like, you know, me in my mid thirties. And then there's a couple like, you know, older 65 plus, like one or two of those, but really it's just students. But uh, people doing the, the actual work uh, are usually a little bit older. Uh, not always, uh, but if you've got a thousand people, maybe a hundred of them are actually sending messages. And of those people, the real people doing um, like 80% of all the work is maybe a couple of dozen people in general you, you never know exactly because it's some people switch on and off uh, in the community some people just come back and start working like crazy and then are gone for two months and then come back when there's something interesting happening happening or they're mentioned and what i would also like to say is what you said about uh, your own experience with uh, discord chats uh, being deleted one of the things that we try to do in our community is to explain to people that discord is not a place that you store anything it is um, a sort of a chat messaging app that you can delete whenever. That should be the case, at least. And anything worth saving should be on our Google Drive, which we have multiple backups on all over the world, actually. So that also forces you to think about what is actually really important, because having ideas is one thing, and it's really nice, and it's really a good part of our community that we have a lot of creative people and a lot of ideas. Um, but if it's not in a Google Doc, it's probably, strangely, not worth saving because there is uh, usually no one who said, ah, oh, yeah, we should really make this into a project or even into hardware or software or any design or competition or 
a company even. No one said that. So it's a nice idea, but ideas are just that ideas. And that that's one of the most, one of the things I realized at least, especially now during some of the projects that we are running, um, actually realizing uh, any of your ideas into something physical is like a, an insane step even. Uh, but even getting a project off the ground from an initial idea is a hundred times harder than having the idea itself. And then taking the next step is a hundred times harder than that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably uh, pretty logical what I'm saying, but if you really feel it by doing a project yourself, uh, it sometimes even hurts. Like, it's like, oh, it's such a good idea. This idea will turn into something cool by itself. No, no way. No way. You need like, uh, dedication and a lot of hard work. This has actually come up in quite a few conversations already on just the few episodes that have been recorded for the podcast. And it's that 90% of the work that gets done will never see the light of day. So whether it's ideas or the conversations or, you know, failed projects, or you work really hard on a project and it just folds for whatever reason, but that, you know, the 10% of successful projects still relies on that 90% of creative iteration and failure. And it, it made me appreciate, we've had this conversation about Nexus Aurora before about, you know, how it really is about 10% of the community that's actually active, but there are, there are over a thousand people. And so if you get 10% of that, then you get a hundred plus really, really dedicated people working towards projects and you've increased your chances of having projects see the light of day because you have such a wide pool of ideas and creativity that's being just generated within Nexus Aurora. Yeah, you could even say if you look at the, if you look at core, um, which we are trying to expand now to about nine people, that's one percent of the community. Right. If we have about a thousand people um, and those nine, let's say 10 people to make it easy for this conversation, that that one percent um, is doing a lot of work and uh, you will have a lot of project leads and all of that. But that are still like a couple of dozen. It's not like a 100 people are doing all that work. It's actually like 10 people are doing a lot of the admin work if we manage to do this in the first place in the next couple of weeks. 10 people will be doing the admin work, then 20, 30, maybe 40 people, like the top 5% is doing the actual work on the server. And all the other people are other or sometimes commenting uh, or just lurkers, which is like a normal amount of people and a normal percentage. We're actually above a standard percentage in a normal so social platform, for instance. If you go to Reddit oh, or whatever. I was a lurker on Reddit. Um, and I still found, yeah. I, you know, when I was pulled in for project management help, like I, I knew exactly who you guys were. As soon as I saw the Mars City State Design Project, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is really cool. How did I end up here? It's very much, um, as with everything, there's, um, uh, so, so you were talking about how we've got a lot of young people. And we've got a lot of people in industry as well. Um, and what I, I tend to see is, uh, regardless of what industry people is, you'll always have 10% of a group that, that gets you to a certain point. And 10% of that group gets you to the next level. And um, it's it's a lot to do with, uh, I mean, we've got a lot of people that are super, super capable. 
but they're not prepared to invest the energy because of various things. I mean, it's uh, no one's being paid to be here. So um, what's interesting is, like, if you look at the different projects, the the energy that the people put behind their projects determines how many other people end up following those projects and ultimately the success of the project. You really need one person with a lot of energy to get a hundred people to follow their project and be passionate about it. Um, so you'll get to see, we've got some projects that have, um, oh, they're like uh, funny ideas and you don't think much of them, but the one person goes and drives it. I think Orbital Cat's a good example of that. It was just the side idea that we were kind of trying to do because somebody had a proposal we thought we could do better. And with just a lot of effort and energy, especially from Kun, it's now become something that we're going to present in Dubai. Um, whereas other projects have like really a lot of potential, but the, the people behind them don't really put that effort into it. And it, it really comes to that, that level of effort. And I agree with Kun, absolutely, is going from a paper project into a hot, to, to the hardware stage is a lot more work. Um, I mean, we've got two projects that are at hardware stage. Technically, I suppose you could say three projects if you include Red Stratus. They want to get get something actually physically built as well. So we've got about two, two and a half projects you could almost say that's at, at hardware stage. And my hope is really by by this time next year, we've, we've upped that to 10 projects um, at hardware stage because that'll be a really good thing because teaching um, teaching people how to get to that stage, how to break through, because I think a lot of people have fear of uh, putting themselves out there. So the reason why a lot of people are quiet is uh, often it's because they feel intimidated by this big community with these people using, um, working on fancy software and things or whatever. Um, but once you get people to get out there, uh, you, they, they sort of come alive. Um, and I think a lot of people have a fear of hardware as well. Uh, it's, it's another investment that you've put there. There's a lot more time and effort that goes into things. Um, you have to be used to 3D printing stuff and accepting they're going to break and doing it again. And so it's a new mindset we need to get to. And hopefully, as I said, by, by next year, we've, we've upped our, our progress with that quite a lot. And uh, Sean, if you say, for example, we hope to have 10 um, projects uh, that are doing well, uh, that will mean, as Evelyn says, that 90 will likely have failed and have left the server um, or are still part of the server, but they are in the process of making that decision. Am I going to fail <laughs> or am I going to uh, be led uh, by one or multiple people who actually take this to a level that uh, people find worth following. That's actually the thing. Because what I find interesting is that uh, people like uh, Sean and myself have a very big advantage. And that is that we have shown in the past one and a half years that if we say we're going to do something, we will do it. Um, and the interesting thing is new people who maybe Sean and I would say are really, really great for the community. If they say they're going to do something, many people will not follow them even though their idea might be way better than what uh, Sean or I, for example, are working on. And that's interesting because the re and the reason why that is, is because uh, many people in our community will have had uh, projects that they have worked on for a long time. Um, and then people just left or just stopped working on it or uh, didn't like it anymore or, or did 20, 
things at the same time, and then none of them really came to fruition. And um, so the interesting thing is that uh, um, it is a rarity. It is indeed 1% or a couple of percent of all of these thousand people, which is already a very small percentage of all the people who have ever heard about Nexus of Aurora in the first place. So it's even less than that, if you think about it even more. Uh, that it is actually, uh, well, it's not, it's not to toot uh, my own horn, but it's actually special if you follow through and, and do a project from beginning to end. Uh, um, even though I think it's logical and many people think that within our community who are project leads, they think it's like, yeah, it's logical. You're going to do it. And you're going to finish it. And you have this dream of making people, uh, mankind, a, a multiplanetary uh, uh, species. Um, but in, in reality, many people have many reasons to stop whatever they have started, uh, either it's work, either it's whatever. And I must say, even also Sean and I are not immune to this, uh, but it's usually a pause uh, of maybe a couple of weeks. So I went on a holiday to Iceland and then I said like, okay, I know it's a critical time, but I cannot really work on the project. I want to be with my family for two weeks. Uh, I haven't been on holiday in two years, stuff like that. So it can happen. Um, but the, the positive thing is that people will give you that space if you have proven in the past that you can do it and you will be back and will keep working on a project. Um, but this is also the difficulty, I would say, with new members, uh, which we really have to fight for as an existing uh, group of people. Uh, please stick to the plan. Please follow through, even if fewer people follow you while your arguments and your plans are way better than mine for instance it's really hard for new people to to really see uh, other people have more success while their plans sometimes are way worse it's it has to do with that sort of confidence that people will follow through i suppose also the the long-term goal uh, because i i really see next aurora as a large uh, a bit of as an educational institute in its own right where we teach people how to, um, well, people learn. They, they come here with very little knowledge. I, when I started Next Aurora, I came here with very little knowledge. And we're speaking to people who are in the industry, speaking to people with PhDs and all these like really, really smart guys. And you learn a lot. Um, and a part of that learning is as well learning to um, manage people. And um, I, I would like Next Aurora to get to the point where we can get people who come with their projects and increase their success, increase their chances of turning project into a success. And this is something that we have to do through various ways. One way actually is probably in making sure that we get the right people into Next Aurora in the first place. Um, there was an early mindset that we had to get as many people as possible from all walks of life into Next Aurora to get this 1 million community sized uh, organization but if you if you have a million people who aren't really that invested who don't really care about what you're doing it's less useful than a thousand people that really care so um over time our our selection of when i say selection i i, I don't like these hard walls and say we're this close community but the way we find the people that join next aurora and the message that you send out helps um, helps give signal to people who are actually have a similar interest to join Next Aurora and people who aren't who just want to watch. A lot of people want to sit on the sidelines, and that's fantastic. That's great too. Um, 
but those those kind of people will never be running projects and that's okay um but ultimately we'd like people that want to you know do something cool to to join Xorora start projects and then hopefully we can create systems to increase their odds as well and it makes me think you know oh sorry to interrupt but something you had said earlier about that Nexus Aurora already has a higher than normal statistical average of participation in successful projects within the community. And as you were talking, it, it made me realize, I was thinking like, what is the trait? What makes you more likely to be able to lead a project? What makes you, you know, because it's, I don't feel like it really necessarily is it is the follow through, but it's before the follow through it's honest communication about what you have available. And it's this like self-awareness of what you have going on in your own life and where you're at that allows you to be able to communicate clearly with other people in an organization or a community and say, this is what I can give. And it's the truth. It's not just like a pipe dream. Like this is actually really what's on my plate. This is what's coming up. This is how it might change. And then if and when things change, because it does in life, then you're able to then communicate it even further. Like, hey, there's a vacation coming up. I'm out from here to here. Hey, school is starting this week. My attention is going to be distracted. Um, and there are amazing leaders within Nexus Aurora. And you too, for sure. And Cameron, who's not here as well. But more than that, like it's a community of people that I see that higher than statistical average of people who are willing to step up and do work. It's like this group of everyone that's like raising their hand saying, I'll try and build it. I'll try and build it. I'll try and build it. And even though, yes, there are plenty of like quieter people in the community, it you still feel that higher than statistical average. As soon as you come in, you're like, holy cow, these people are serious. Like they're really building, building like robots and technology and researching you know, gravity solutions for space. And like, this is really being done. It's not just a, a pipe dream. Like people are taking actionable steps to how we can make this a reality. Like how, how do you make that transition within a community from idea, this would be amazing to, we're going to make a project because like you said, that's a threshold that is very, very difficult to cross. Well, actually, uh, the interesting tr thing to me, at least, is that the threshold is, in our case, pretty low. Um, but um, people will feel still that it is sometimes uh, a higher threshold. And that is, a, even though it's not a big threshold at all, because what you actually need in our community to start a project, which has actually been recently introduced in the let's say past half year, is that you write a project proposal before you get a, and that's like a one pager, like uh, what, the, how does this contribute to making life multiplanetary? Uh, who's going to lead this? Those kinds of basic questions. It's going to be a one pager. That's it. That's all you need to write. That's in my book, even though it used to be zero requirements almost like, oh, you want to start a project. Okay, that's great. Go ahead. Um, but now there's a very little, small, sorry, requirement uh, that, that you need to uh, follow through. And if you can't do that, then we are 100% sure that you are not able to lead a project anyway. Because if you can't do that, then you're not fit to lead a project. Um, so so that, that might help. Uh, uh, but what also is, is true is that it is sort of a personal 
if we do our job correctly uh, as as leaders, we also help other project leaders become better at their leadership. So what I find interesting about what you also said is that um, people who are, for example, very good in the scientific stuff or have a PhD or are structural engineers, whatever, they usually is an, an inverse uh, in, in terms of social skills. Uh, not always. <laughs> in, when, when it's not the case, those, those people are really like gems. If you can speak the language of common social skills and helping people improve uh, without hurting their feelings too much uh, in a community like ours, and understand how, let's say, structural design works or whatever it is, biology, it doesn't really matter what it is that you're interested in that is, that is helping the project come along. That is what is what I find at least to be the most effective project leads uh, that can speak both languages. Because if you can only speak one of those languages, either the technical language or the social language, um, you in, in our community, you cannot have a successful project, it seems, at least to me. That's, that's one of the things that I've seen. Um, but what's positive about it is that uh, people who are very knowledgeable about certain topics what they get out of Nexus Aurora is learning what is required to make a successful project with people who are not getting paid, learning what those social skills are that you need uh, and how to get stuff done. Uh, because I am personally completely convinced that those skills are 50% of your day job as well. And uh, if you are just a smart guy, people don't care they don't listen they're not inspired they don't follow you they don't work for you uh and money alone is not enough so how do you get people to contribute so that that's something that i think a lot of people can learn and and lastly what i also think is interesting is that i see nexus aurora as a whole community as a as something that in in which you everything that gets attention and love grows so if it is a certain project that I personally love, like the Orbital Can Station, I love it so much that I want other people to know about it and I want them to participate and I talk about it and I do a lot of work and I show people and that inspires others to contribute. Um, and you could also describe it as a sort of a brain with neurons and the more the neurons fire, the stronger the connections become. I think those two ways of explaining what Nexus Aurora is, uh, on the one hand, clearly, at least to me, explains uh, why certain projects work and other, others fail. They didn't get enough attention or love or whatever you want to call it, or neurons fired, um, uh, explaining a lot of the, 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 the failures as well, which is not an issue. It happens in your brain probably all the time. You're getting a lot of unimportant stuff. Um, yeah, but on the other hand, uh, um, getting getting this group to work on all of these projects is, is sort of an, uh, an evolving um, brain, as it were. And lastly, it is still, and it probably always will be, very, very fragile. Because if you have a very, let's say, a, a plant or whatever it is that needs attention and growth and water and whatever, we're not like a cactus and... Uh, yeah, like a year later, you come back and it's still there because it didn't really need any water. 
No, Nexus Aurora is the plant that requires, it's like the bonsai tree that requires two droplets of water today. And on Wednesday, you need to cut two leaves because otherwise it's like you need a lot of attention. Otherwise, it just really, really dies in a matter of at least a month. Is like, I would say, if, if the whole core disappears uh, and, and a lot of people stop paying attention and giving that love to the community, I would say you'd see the community go backwards or die off pretty, pretty quickly, I would say. Although I do think it's, I do think it's, it'll be sustainable um, in, in some time. I mean, the, the more people who invested in the organization, the more resilient it becomes. Um, and ultimately, the more leaders we breed, um, because I do think there are, there are people that are learning still to lead uh, Nix Aurora and projects. And the more people that come and fill those roles, the stronger it gets. Um, I, I was quite surprised recently of uh, asking for people for proposals in terms of organizational structure and the amount of proposals I got, serious, like thought out proposals, is it shows you that there are a lot of people that really care, that are prepared to sit behind the computer and type out something they would ordinarily never do. This is not necessarily exciting stuff to be thinking about, but people are prepared to take that step. So I do think resilience uh, is is a part of the strategy going forward in terms of developing next Aurora. Um, and I think it will become, it, it is becoming more resilient as time goes on. Obviously, I love this conversation as someone who has... I would say stronger, softer skills than technical skills. Although biology certainly is the science that I, I have the most experience and background in. So your analogy about the neurons firing as a way to describe a community interacting really was so appropriate. And I, I just really liked that because it, it's true. Like, you, you know, use it or lose it applies to so many things and especially our biology too. So if you're acting in a certain way, if you're choosing to think in a certain way, if you're choosing your actions deliberately, like like you said, you know, where the love goes, that's where everything is kind of growing. And that's the same in a community. And I, what I love the most about Nexus Aurora is that it's a very safe place to fail. And you can have a project idea and talk about it and it can go nowhere, or you can try again, or you can show up and do better. And it's a very safe environment to do that in and still get that love and attention and be rewarded for participating. That makes it comfortable to learn. Like I've, I mean, even just from, you know, the few weeks that I've been floating around and seeing what's going on, I feel like my own technical abilities have increased quite a bit. And just thinking about these different topics, like, you know, farming on mars which is my absolutely favorite project john so i'm really trying not to just like jump down your throat about that because i see you playing with parts and i on your desk and i would have to imagine that could potentially be for the um farm project no this is this is a failed um part for my 3d printer housing actually it's a lot more boring than that <laughs> I, I was working on upgrades this week and this is this is the dad so put that on the side. No, it's great. It, and again, perfect, you know, failed projects. Like it's still there. It's still useful. You still did the work and, you know, it's still enjoyable. Yeah, I, re I really like uh, that, that uh, 
what you said, like you can safely fail in Exora. I never even really looked at it that way, uh, but but it is completely true. And and um, and the reason why I don't always look at it like that is because um, some of the projects that uh, I, I at least have been involved in, including the Mars City State, um, we have also had some people who failed, but at crucial times, meaning that other people had to pick up the slacks, um, meaning uh, myself included, but also Adrian and Sean and others uh, had to spend uh, sleepless nights uh, uh, doing stuff that other people said they would do or had even done and didn't do at all. So those are sometimes really uh, nail-biting moments at the last moment that people fail not even by doing something wrong, but usually by not doing something that they said they would do. That's the, that's the biggest problem, I would say, you have in a community where no one is being paid, no one is really physically close to one another or seeing that some it's all a digital connection until we go to Dubai, uh, let's say. Uh, then, then we hope to see each other uh, in, in the flesh for the first time. But uh, yeah, that that's one of the things that you have to uh, think about uh, during those failures. Let's say another thing that I sorry another thing that I find kind of interesting is generally you don't really know, especially when you're new here, you don't really know who you're talking to. Like you don't. It's not like when you go join an organization and um, you know this is the boss and this is the guy with the the three PhDs in various engineering fields, and this is the guy that has spent 12 years studying this very specific thing. We we come here almost as, as neutral participants, and um, we know that, like, if I start a conversation with somebody and they say something like, hey, why don't you think that? Um, you, you can't say, well, that's a stupid question, because the person asking that question, well, this guy could actually be Elon Musk himself. You don't, you don't know. So you have to justify and really think about uh, the small questions as well, because everybody has, has got knowledge to give, and you could be wrong at any stage. And I don't think anybody's not been wrong. Everybody's been wrong about stuff. And we'd have days long working on something, and somebody says, yeah, but you didn't think about that one thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, scratch all that. Let's let's go back two, three days and and work on something again. So, I think allow having a community that allows people to um, be wrong, and it's okay if you're wrong. Uh, it's also okay to question other people who seem very smart because there are really really smart people out there. It's okay to question those things as well. And as long as we nurture a response of no matter what. Um, or who you are in real life, or who you, or outside of Nexora, but like regardless of your credentials, your answers need to be appropriate to people who are learning because that's really important. I mean, you could be you could be a um, uh, you could be a NASA scientist, and the person asking these questions could be a 16, 17 year old aspiring to that. And I think you know, Sean. And just one these- quick thing: what I really like about what you're explaining now is that uh, if you cannot explain something to a 16-year-old, <laughs> you have to explain like I'm five on Reddit, but let's say in this case, explain like I'm 16, you probably don't understand it yourself quite well enough. It's something like the main, like Einstein and others have usually said, uh, that if they couldn't explain it to a layman, 
with a general intelligence that is that is of course enough to understand the complex topic you usually don't really really grasp the the the, the problem and the issue which is actually also very very interesting so if you only talk to your peers and you only talk to people uh, who are at the same level and have accepted certain knowledge because yeah it was in the books and uh, and then the first question comes yeah but but why right why why do you actually why do you actually use aluminum why don't you use steel whatever some question like that and once you start answering those questions you get crazy designs like Elon Musk uh, uh, does with Starship in this uh, example as well right hey maybe steel is a good idea sounds counterintuitive but once you have to explain it all the basics start making sense and you start at least looking at the same problem from a different different angle and i think that is very valuable especially in our mars city state uh, designs we had a lot of people who asked a lot of why questions out of ignorance and people answering those questions to each other came up with new ideas that i feel are novel in in a lot of ways at least um which at the first glance seem completely insane and and i and i that's what i love uh, mostly about uh, about nexus aurora that if you ask those why questions um first of all you need to be able to explain yourself and if you can't the idea is going to be uh thrown out actually so it's sort of survival of the fittest but not always because sometimes a great idea that cannot be explained by someone who has a lot of knowledge but knows he's right is also going to get thrown out. And we see a lot of, I get personal messages from people who are getting really, really frustrated in specific projects. And I just tell them, uh, Nexus Aurora is not about the best idea. It's about what the group thinks is the best idea. And if you, there are two uh, dials that you can dial in. One is uh, your social skills and uh, hopefully uh, be nice enough and under explain things in a, in a clear way so you can uh, let more people uh, choose your side. That's one dial. And the other side is the technical side with arguments. But if you have either one or the other only, you're not going to make it in our community. And that's actually weird because that means that not always the best ideas will be in the end product. Uh, simply because some technically skilled person could not convince other people because that person had, or or some other pe- person could also help, of course. Uh, it's not only a one-person job. But if there's no way to convince other people because it's too complex or you just can't convince others, that idea will also die. It's sometimes sad, but uh, I think it's interesting at least. And we've talked about all these projects, but the most successful project I feel like right now is the farm project. And so how did that, how did that grow so quickly? Because yeah, you won the Mars City State competition, going to the International Astronautical Conference in Dubai in just a few weeks to present, you know, all these different technical projects, but farm is like developing real stuff right now. Like, how did that happen? So both Farm and SSAM and about, there were about six other proposals as well. Um, This almost gives you an idea of failure because I put one of those proposals in. Mars Society called for some ideas and uh, um, 
to, to test out at the Mars Desert Research uh, Center that they've got in the US. And they, they had some time where, like a time slot, where they wanted about 12 experiments globally around the world, and they asked for proposals. Um, before that, though, we were talking about all kinds of solving different problems because we, we were right in the thicket of looking at all these various problems that, that we need to solve to like, practically build a base on Mars one day. And, and there were a lot of practical problems that you need to solve. And through that, when we got this proposal, we, we came up with like, well, I, I had a bunch of ideas that I wanted to try out. So I came up with a proposal and uh, Sam came up with a farm. Uh, Cameron, I believe it was Cameron who came up with the initial idea of SSAM. Uh, and there were a bunch of other ideas as well. And we we went ahead and proposed those. Um, and Farm then actually, Farm was, Farm was kind of lucky to a degree where there was something to work off. So it wasn't starting almost from scratch. I sometimes think SSAM has got a bigger hurdle to climb, um, whereas I think Farm already had some uh, there's other open source projects of a similar kind. You could sort of like work from that. And I'm quite excited about it. I'm actually selfishly sitting, waiting for them to finish their first proposal because I want to build one and I've got a vegetable garden in my back and I want to start <laughs> running the thing and testing it out and uh, seeing if, if it's going to work and how it's going to work and start troubleshooting it. I mean, but yeah, I think that's... Robot. that's Sort of a farming robot, like yeah. build that's being designed and built in an open source community. I saw the purchase order for materials to start printing prototypes. I mean, it's it's being developed with the Mars Society. It's real. It's here on Earth. Like you can follow the project, see how it's developed, and you can three D print the parts and build it yourself. I mean, that's how incredible it is. Yeah. What What is really awesome as well uh, is that. What I feel, at least, is that if um, if you can make your projects be usable not only on Mars or the Moon or in orbit, but also on Earth, you're doing great things. Because one of the major arguments about spending any money on space exploration or anything related is that people always say, like, yeah, why don't we solve all problems on Earth first? As if we will ever solve all problems on Earth, right? It's a paradox anyway, but... Never mind. A lot of people will say that. I would say like half the people you meet and you tell about Nexus Aurora might also say that, right? Uh, but for example, one of the things that I initially loved about the Mars City State project was uh, the sustainability aspect, which is completely the opposite image of what people have about building a city on Mars. It's actually the exact opposite. People say like it's complete waste. We should spend our time and effort here on Earth, we have to conserve, we have to make sure we don't destroy our planet, et cetera, et cetera. And I would say any lesson that you learn from rebuilding a complete society from scratch, which will have no waste at all, because everything you bring to Mars will have its uh, will be worth its weight in gold and probably 10 times more than that. So if you bring a glass there or a glass jar, for instance, for whatever, for your screws, even if you don't have screws, most likely, but your nuts and bolts, that glass is worth thousands of dollars. So you're not going to throw it in the, in the trash can. There is no trash can. So all of that way of thinking is what, what really got me excited about Mars personally. But everyone has another reason. 
other people just say like, oh, I, I want the future to be exciting. Other people say, I want to go to Mars. Uh, I want to use it as a backup planet or whatever. Everyone has their own reasons and that's fine. Uh, as long as uh, in our community, you contribute to making life multiplanetary. It's actually that simple. And any step towards that goal is really a, a positive one and hopefully also one in the meantime for Earth as, as well. And you can participate just by being a community member. You know, if these are things that you believe in and you're excited about, like we were talking, you know, 10% of the 10% will lead. And, you know, the larger than that, you know, the 10% of the group might participate. And then you've got 90% of maybe you just watch, maybe you throw in a word or two, maybe you share something on social media. All of that is important because what, when we get 10,000 people, then the 10% of the 10,000 are that much more effective. And, and it takes every single person. It's not like there will ever be an open source community with 100% equal participation. I mean, that's just not how humans work, but it's, it's exciting to be here. And I'm grateful you guys are able to sit down and talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's actually, so we talked a lot about the leaders that, um, and how important they are in, in promoting projects, but the, the other 900, uh, or 990 or whatever percentage of the people that are, are usually just reading the conversations or just looking at things who aren't necessarily commenting, they're actually also really, really important because, um, you, you need to create a social consciousness if you actually want to really achieve this. Um, there is about a 0% chance of humanity realistically, practically colonizing space in any way or form if there isn't a collective consciousness of the idea that this is an important thing to do. There needs to be the political will. There needs to be support from the general public. And just like in, in everything, for, for every small X percentage of the people um, pushing the ball uphill, pushing the boulder uphill, you actually have 10,000 times more people supporting them. And most of the time, passively, most of the time, the support is simply not, um, not going around telling everybody that this is a terrible idea. Um, a, a simple example is um, we've got how many anti-vaxxers right now through COVID, we've got all these anti-vaxxers, but they're not necessarily vocal. They're just people quietly say, well, not, not getting this vaccine, vaccine. And it's those quiet few people are making a very big difference in a, in a like, difficult way. They, they, they make the society a bit more tricky to handle with and shows you the importance of these, these, these passive people because they're, they're continuing this, this, um, this virus or, you know, undoing a lot of work. The image I got and, too is, you know, you have the, like you said, the, the leaders are pushing the ball up the hill, but it's the 990 yeah. that keep that ball from rolling back down. Yeah. And, and especially, I mean, we forget in the world that everything's complicated. So um, we need political support. And if you can imagine a guy rolling the ball, uh, the ball up the hill, there will be thousands of people throwing stones at this poor guy because I think rolling the ball up the hill is a bad thing to do. There's always somebody that's convinced that rockets are polluting. Therefore, anything polluting, we should remove off the, off the surface of Earth. Um, and they're not wrong. That pollution is bad. Yeah, you know, but also, space exploration is good. So you need people to drive these messages in different ways, in different parts of society. Um, 
It's the 16-year-old that asked a stupid question, got a good answer from somebody that's really, really smart. That 16-year-old, his father could be the person that convinces the next president to actually spend money on this. Or that 16-year-old could be having a talk at class one day to convince the other kids in class who may be more vocal than he is to drive the future forward. It's not just the, 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 the people we see making the change that are actually making the change. It's the unseen masses that really drive the change. And the problem is we generally do not know what the unseen masses think, say, or do. We don't. So we tend to have a bias of saying, um, oh, on Reddit, everybody's saying this, therefore this is the public opinion. Well, that's, that's not true. The public opinion is quiet. They don't say what they want. So you have to treat them with respect. You have to have to help them along. You have to, as far as you can, communicate with them. Um, so if we have a thousand people, but, but only 100 people are really pushing the ball uphill, that other 900 are really helping the community. It's just harder to see, um, but they are in other ways, they're spreading the message, they're talking to people, they're bringing more people in the community. Uh, and they're just as important as that other 100. That, that's really very, very important. And I think it's easy to forget that because they're not necessarily visibly helping always. In, in, in a sense, we're all as important. Um, and if you like biology, you might see it, let's say, as a tree in which the tree trunk would be the crowds uh, supporting a large branch, which would be our community. That branch has twigs, which is, uh, in that case, maybe the council, and then the leaves are maybe core in that case. But maybe it's a wrong analogy. But you, but you, but you, you need like a strong uh, base uh, in order to make sure that the leaf uh, doesn't fall off or the twig breaks off or that, you know, um, and if the foundation is not great, uh, it, it's not going to work. And Sean and I are more with an architecture background, um, which might actually be why we um, thrive in a community like this, because um, as architects, you have sort of a creative mind, but you also have to have a technical mind at the same time. And I see a lot of architects actually being top contributors and top project leads in the whole community, like an insane amount of architects, which is strange because we're not um, space, we're not engineers. Actually, when I was studying in, in the university, all other technical university uh, faculties made fun of architecture because it's not technical enough. They, they thought at least, right? Because, oh, you're just drawing some pretty pictures as well. That's very nice, but we're actually doing mathematics and stuff like that um so the interesting thing is that it's a sort of a translation service that you can offer as an architect or similar because you're in that edge between technical and creative or social or whatever um and, and that's it, I mean, I just thought of this myself, uh, no real research done here, uh, but uh, I think that that might be one of the reasons why we see that many uh, literal architects um, uh, thriving as uh, project leads. Uh, so uh, piggybacking on that uh, comment, um, what I find interesting is because, because we're unknown faces on, on the Discord or on the internet, 
um, until you meet people and you spend time with them, you don't really know who they are. And nobody goes around with badges saying chief engineer for NASA. So what I find interesting is we, uh, no matter what your actual experience is, it's uh, what Kun was saying in terms of architecture, being natural project leaders, because that's a position we've thrown into anyway in, in life. You don't need any set of actual qualifications or skills to do that. You do, however, need a certain amount of um, ability to understand and work with people. And if you have that and you have the willingness to learn some of these technical things, you can you can actually do this all by yourself. And it's got nothing to do with your, your actual qualifications. I, I sometimes think there's an over um, – the, the world has pushed us into – into placing everything in boxes. And if you don't comply with this box, you cannot do this. And, and I think Next Aurora has specifically shown that we, we have a bunch of random people from around the world. Uh, yeah, we had some engineers, we had some architects, we had some students, we had some uh, physicists, we had people from different walks of life. And we won a competition against um, MIT. We won it against um, uh, astronomers and, and actual engineers that were supposed to know this stuff better than we did. Um, but you, those qualifications are just boxes, and I, I don't think boxes, um, more boxes in the world is is creating a better world. It's also not creating better knowledge and uh, better ideas. I think we need to break that idea that that you have to have certain X behind your name before you can have a say in, in what's going on. It does help, though, but that's a start, I think. I think after that, you have to make the difference. Interestingly, Sean, uh, what, it, what is interesting is I feel that once our projects um, after this, let's say, chaotic process that we are going through with all of these projects, all these nice new ideas, uh, once they have passed through the, our community filter, as it were, and the best projects uh, uh, get to be on top and, uh, and thrive, um, some of those projects once they become real serious, once you want to start actually building hardware uh, or whatever it is that the projects require, you will need a few people with some expertise in specific topics. Uh, but the interesting thing is that uh, people with that expertise get get drawn to those projects like magnets. <laughs> so it's like, oh, these guys are actually going to build stuff. I know that they're making they're they're making a lot of mistakes, but I didn't want to hold them back. Now I will put some realism in these dreams, and a lot of the nice dreams that uh, have been dreamt uh, turn out to become a reality still, which is nice. Yeah, I, I was in a in a I, I randomly popped into another meeting the other night while I was working on something, and the guys were talking about. Uh, software and encoding a robot so it could do certain things. And I understood about 0.1% of what was going on. Um, and it, it was extremely fascinating to see that I mean, there, there are people that, I mean, I, I spent quite a lot of time on the channel. I'll make sure that the community is going well. And I didn't know most of them. And it was a very good example of the people that aren't loud and, um, uh, uh, you know, all over the place. They are drawn to certain problems and yeah you had a problem which is a fairly technical uh software problem that pulled in these people that had these highly specialized skills and it was fascinating but i mean i, I couldn't even talk I, I, I could never talk on their level they 
they were far beyond me. That's the so benefit though of being in Nexus Aurora is you get the power of the 90% that builds energy that draws and attracts all the experts to it. Like malls do a candle and it's an incredible place. I'm so grateful that you both were able to sit down and talk. I never could have guessed that the conversation would have gone in this direction because it is a, it's a technical community, but it relies on this kind of collaboration and conversation to put the energy and love back into it. And as soon as you go into Nexus Aurora's discord, you feel it, you feel the passion, you feel the leadership and the excitement about what's happening. And it's, it's an incredible place to be. Is there anything you want to say before we take off for today? Don't do that. The minute you ask us anything you want us to say, it's another half an hour. I know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's 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 one of the good and bad things about Nexus Aurora as well. Uh, so that's why we have to cap meetings at one hour or two hours or 30 minutes, because if you ask those kinds of open questions, we'll uh, keep on talking forever. But uh, I, I love uh, having the conversation. Let's do it again in the future. Let's see how we evolve as a community as well. Uh, because we are constantly evolving. Uh, we're in the middle of uh, changing the way that we lead the community uh, ourselves with a larger group of people. Um, and that's also uh, a process of figuring out things uh, ourselves as well. Um, so everything is evolving. And I think uh, all from that uh, aspect, uh, it's also interesting to to keep following Nexus Aurora, if only for the organizational aspect. Uh, so. And I would also like to say that anyone listening to this is very free uh, to join our community. Uh, check out uh, nexusaurora.org uh, or join us directly on our Discord at uh, nexusaurora.org slash Discord. And you'll be taken to our Discord and it's free to join. Start uh, asking questions. Uh, it's never be probably the best way uh, to start. Uh, start reading and uh, just tag uh, Sean or me or Evelyn or whoever. Um, yeah, and uh, you'll be part of that community. It's actually that simple, and uh, we would love to see you there. I hope to see you there, too. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Nexus Aurora blew me away from the moment I met them with their dedication and passion for seeing ideas brought to life. They have a need for everything from the hardest of technical to the softest of skills donations to help develop projects. This is a volunteer community at the moment. And if you have a passion for space travel and colonization, they need your support. Knock on wood with the state of travel right now, but hopefully I'll be heading to Dubai with Nexus Aurora later this month for organizational and project support and to document the experience for community members back home live streaming events and presentations for everyone that wasn't able to travel to the conference. Check out nexusaurora.org to learn more and for the link to join their Discord server. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is that you are listening to me now. And it would be wonderful if you gave me some feedback. Let me know. We're a couple episodes in. How, how are you liking it so far? If you stuck around to this point, then hopefully it's for a good reason. But I'm curious. Give me some feedback. I'll talk to you soon.